everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. I'm in my car, and you're listening to the most horsepower podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm on a Skype call with my friend Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, and I can't wait to talk to him about Anthem and Apex and multiplayer games and rumors. So, Luke, help me out, my friend. Turn that dial into the Xbox Drive. Bob! Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. Hi, Luke Laurie. You're the insipid ghost. It's true. I've heard rumors of such. I've heard rumors of such. How are you, my friend? Dude, it is colder than a son of a gun. I'm back downtown in my old my old neck of the woods uh, where I used to work, but uh, we're, we're off-site training today. So I'm, I'm in my car. We just went down the Silent Hill, and I'm just... Like, I'm just freezing, man. I'm so done with winter. It is just ridiculous. It's March, and I, I legitimately can't remember what date it is based on how cold it is here. It's insane. But how are you? Oh, man, I'm good. It was a little chilly down here, too. Oh, I yeah? had to put on an extra jacket today. Yeah, just yeah, like a little was it like 40 or 50 or something? It, it was at 40, maybe. Yeah, yeah. 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a tough life. Real Lost Planet stuff down here. Tough you thought one. you had it? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Man, all these glowing yeah. monsters around. It's crazy. Oh, Oh, yeah. video game. And so, you know, you mentioned we might talk about Apex and Anthem and multiplayer games. Yeah. That's, I feel like we've not done that enough in the past We should weeks. do it more. We should definitely do it more. Yeah. And, and nobody, the best thing is nobody else is talking about it. So this is the only place on the internet you'll hear anybody talk about these games. Honest to goodness, I'm glad you said it, not me, because I was yeah. thinking the same thing. I'm like, yeah. no one's talking about Anthem. I got all these Anthem thoughts. Yeah. How do I share it? My Twitter well, feed is not full of Anthem thoughts at all. Didn't you? Were you on a podcast recently? Did you share those thoughts somewhere else? Um, did you? Did you do? Did you go over? To I a certainly did. Competitor. I, so I, I drove on over to our sister podcast with uh, Joseph Moran, Mister <gasps> Badbit himself, Lucky uh, and I had the, the the gracious opportunity to fill in for Kyle because uh, they had some some audio stuff going on. So they re-recorded that show, but I got to be the co-host with uh, Joseph Moran, and it was a blast. We talked about Anthem. We talked about. Uh, you know, other terrible things happening in gaming and great <laughs> things happening in gaming. It was it was a really good time. I th- so greatly enjoy uh, Mr. Babbit because I mean I play a lot of Apex with him. We just it's fun to chat games and have a go at one another and it still be okay. And it I really okay. love that. It is okay, man. I can I tell you? Can I be honest with you? I listened to that episode twice because I enjoy you so much. It was great. It's too bad you had to talk really about that? PlayStation stuff, but yeah, I listened to it twice. I love that episode. That's great, man. That makes me feel really good. I I had an absolute blast, and um, you know, I think sometimes. Uh, Babbitt and I, when we when we line up, man, it is it is right on it. And when we don't, we really have a go. And I just I <laughs> I love debating video games. I love gaming and games, and so I was really uh, appreciative of that opportunity. And I hope everybody goes and checks it out. I was oh hey, this is kind of neat. I was wearing the same outfit that day, which was last Thursday, that I am today. This no is a way. Wednesday. Have you changed yeah. since then, or is it like was it on the floor and you picked no. it up again? You're like oh that was fun last week. Let's um, wear that again. A new sock. A new sock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just it was kind of neat. I'm still dressed all up fancy from work today. I'm, I'm all excited. Oh, same with, same with me. Man. You know what? It's amazing because I get, like, I'm in suit and ties during the day, but on the weekends, like, I don't shower from, like, Friday until Monday, and I'm mostly in the same clothes and underwear the whole time. That's dad life for you. Wait, you're full suit and tie at work, right? Do you ever, like, do the red tie, black suit, white shirt? Like, I, do you go full hitman on it? Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that actually, but but I think I might. I've lost my. This is weird. This is a weird aside. Before we actually get into video games, um, I have one black suit, and I've lost the pants for them. <laughs> I don't know where my black oh, pants no. are. What? How does that happen? If you're committed to this whole suit idea, you need to wear the uh, the Doom Guy suit. 
Or Samus' zero suit. Either of those works. I thought you were going to say if I'm committed to anything, I'd kind of Winnie the Pooh it with my no pants and just a suit jacket kind of thing. What, what is it? This SNL joke, full Donald Duck in it? Yeah. Kingdom Hearts reference. Yeah. Oh, good one. Should we talk about... Did you know that I played Kingdom Hearts? Kingdom Hearts 3? I've heard rumors that you had. So I saw this on the on your Twitter feed. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have to ask you because... I got to be honest with you. I started getting the ink. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. So tell me. Tell me about Kingdom Hearts 3 for you. Tell me your fan background with it and then what you played. Yeah, we need to set the scene here, everybody. I played. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I I did not pay for this. So this is a a free experience. But it's because of the library because go Canada. And Mm -hmm. uh, earlier this year or maybe even late last year, I got the HD remix for like 1.7 and Pi.4 or whatever HD remix that they had for the uh, the PS4. I did not enjoy my time with uh, Kingdom Hearts 1. I thought it was a mess. I thought it felt like it was clunky and I didn't understand what was going on. Pretty typical complaint. So I kind of moved on. And then for whatever reason, I, um, I added myself to a waiting list to, to rent this game from the library, Kingdom Hearts 3, on the Xbox One, enhanced by the Xbox One X. And I got to tell you, the first night I played it on Monday night, today is Wednesday, I played for about 90 minutes. But play is very, uh, it's a very loose term. I mainly watched what I think was maybe four or five intro videos, like Mm-hmm. Like they essentially made three or four or five or six different collages, different like catch me up to date with the things that happen, but just visually with music, no, mm-hmm. no like narrative, no voiceover, no text, no nothing to tell me what the hell is going on. It was just a whole bunch of random scenes from the last 16 whatever versions of Kingdom Hearts. So my first night with Kingdom Hearts was just watching this. That was it. I feel like I feel like, and I'm really proud of this joke. I feel like you were supposed to watch that 364 over uh, splash screens over two days. I think I, <laughs> I didn't get that joke until uh, Jonathan Brown explained it to me in the Twitch chat last night. Mm. So I'm glad, oh, wait, did, I'm glad he, he did that. Joke? He did. He did. Yeah, so yeah, I just shout came out, up with that one. Shout out to Jonathan Brown. Well, it wasn't exactly the same joke, but it was it was pretty close. You guys are on the same page. Yeah. Which he also I then had to explain that it was over, like. 365 days over to anyway uh so i got to play the game last night luke uh i after legit mm-hmm. this game opens in, in case people haven't played it yet it opens with four or five title screens like you'll see the kingdom Hearts 3 logo after an intro video four or five times actually one time it even says kingdom hearts 2.9 or something like it's like it's one for each me. time they restarted development it's ridiculous it's like they forgot that they made that scene and like every time they restart development they just added on to this thing um but all joking aside, all, all that ridiculousness aside, the game plays like garbage. Uh, the camera is shit. The button controls that are mapped are to, to weird buttons. But this game is charming <laughs> the pants off of me, man. I am. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm even saying this. But I'm loving it. It starts in a, in a movie that I don't care for all that much, which is Hercules. So I'm on Mount Olympus, and Hercules with his thick thighs and bulging biceps. He's a cute man. Oh, hold on. Yep. Back the Pegasus up here. Yeah. Are oh. you suggesting that you like a game yeah. that maybe isn't the best game ever? You're just having fun with something? I'm just having fun even with though it. it's not perfect? I also have no intention. I also have every intention on being super clear about that, number one. Number two, I have no intention on beating this game or even coming close. I've got Resident Evil 2 waiting for me at the library at the end of this week. So I'm going to hopefully mm-hmm. have Resident Evil 2 thoughts for next week. And then the Division mm-hmm. 2 is happening. So, But I am really liking it, man. I've got a ton of problems with it, but I'm shocked that I'm, I'm charmed by this game. So 
I got to tell you, this, this again doubles as a joke, which seems to be my mantra this mm-hmm. episode. Please always, uh, sound- please warn me before you tell jokes from now on. Yes, I want you to be prepared not to laugh. <laughs> uh, this sounds like a Game Pass game. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe. That's I think funny it's- only to me because I've read the notes. <laughs> oh, let, let's let's do it, man. Oh, come on, dog. Yeah. I'm That's sorry. my puppy. That's okay. It's this. It's this new microphone. It's very frustrating. Lovely she, she's very upset. But yeah, I did get a new f- microphone. I'm very excited. So, how uh, about you, you know, man? I I feel like everybody's in the world has played Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I'm liking it. But what have you been playing? I've been playing this wonderful, wonderful uh, indie little title, darling, darling title. I'm stressed uh-huh. out because the dog. That's okay. Uh, wonderful. You want me to take back over? Title. I played Toad, 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 Jam, and Earl, or whatever the hell that game is, for two and a half seconds. Actually, do tell. Tell me about this, because I think our buddy Chris Johnston has some tangential connection to it. Oh, sorry, Chris. I don't. I don't get it, man. I have no connection to or or history with this game. I know that people have a lot of nostalgia for it. It's a it's a big set of nonsense. You're. Do you want me to actually talk about it? I feel like this game is shit. <laughs> I feel like this oh, game no. is real bad. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. You just seem to like pick one of the characters in this weird world and wander around. Uh, little maps that seem like they're drawn by me and I'm not even like the, essentially you're picking up parts that are hidden and strewn across these levels uh, to rebuild your ship because you accidentally created a black hole and sucked everybody into it and your ship blew apart and in order to fix everything got to got to find your your ship parts and it's so hmm. stupid it's so it's it's nonsensical it I probably have to do a little bit more drugs to play it I clearly am missing on something so I just I feel bad that I used up the code because uh, I played it for 40 minutes tops and decided I would rather play Far Cry uh, New Dawn, which I wrapped up, and that game is highly recommended. 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. We don't do scores, that's but 9 a, out of 10. That's great, man. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear you didn't enjoy, you know, Toe Jam and Earl. I know that's a beloved title. I have no knowledge of this. If you showed me a screenshot without a title screen, I would know, have no idea what it is. But I'm sorry it didn't work out for you. A lot of people seem to have some nostalgic love for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I hope that those who do check it out and do let us know, like tweet at us, let us know. What am I missing? Um, wh- what is Sean missing? But also like, what was it for you that, that clicked with that game? Um, I've been playing an indie darling title yeah. called Treasure Stack. Ooh. And one thing I truly love in video games is when a game knows what it is and just does that. Yeah. It doesn't try to be something it's not. And Treasure Stack is so much fun to play. It's a stacking puzzle game. Think okay. Doctor. Mario, think uh, you know Tetris to a certain extent. Puyo Tricky Puyo. Towers. I, I've never played that, but it sounds sounds accurate. But this is fun. You just have these uh, like treasure chests that start coming down down the menu, down the um, board, and you have this little grappling hook that you can shoot it on up, and you can bring it down and rearrange things real quick. And then you have keys for the the chests that come down every now and again, mm-hmm. and those unlock the particular color that it's related to. This is. A super fun, super relaxing, chill game. Like I played it on stream uh, for about an hour and didn't realize it had been an hour. Nice. I thought it had been like 20, 20 minutes, you know? And that's that's the great you just lose yourself in it. It's just a puzzle stacking game called Treasure Stack. But it's a it was a it was fun. It was just simple fun. It's got these eight bit graphics with it and it just knows what it is and gives you a good time with that. It's got online uh, and local co op competitive. It's great. It's a good time. I'm sorry. I think I might have distracted you with my hard break, and I 
<laughs> my bag just slammed to the front of the car. Everything else is fine, though. Uh, is this something that we can like play together? Is there multiplayer? Do you play mostly by yourself? I was playing mostly by myself, but yeah. it does have online. I tried to jump into competitive briefly, but it had trouble connecting at the, at the time I was playing. It hadn't been out for more than a day or so, and so yeah. I didn't I didn't like sit on stream and battle that out. I just had fun with, with single player. And I don't know if multiplayer online would be all that fun unless you were like streaming it like co-streaming with somebody mm-hmm. uh, or just chatting with your buddy about their day. But I could see this being a great couch co-op play or a couch uh, competitive play because you're just, you're, I mean, you're playing what is essentially Dr. Mario. Yeah. And so that's, that that gameplay is tried and true. And I I really had a great time just kind of losing myself listening to a podcast or streaming uh, and chatting with people. And it was it was a great game for that. Treasure Stack. Good stuff. I love that, man. I need to create a, like a group on my Xbox for games like that, like just like Tricky Towers and those fun puzzle games that a little bit of a palate cleanser. So when you finish a game like Far Cry, like that, you can go play something like that. What I liked most about Treasure Sack, Sean, is that it wasn't a AAA title. And I think we've been so inundated with that like month of February where everything was releasing. Very end of January, I was playing Ace Combat, and then it just kind of leaked into the next game and the next game and the next mm-hmm. game. And so it was great to just turn my brain off and play. Yeah, man. Nobody was worried about whether or not I was liking the best game or they was critically panned or happy about it. And I just enjoyed it. So that was that was kind of, I think, the best, the best release for me, and I'm looking forward to kind of a calming uh, down of AAA titles, uh, maybe in March, <laughs> like but I'm week. not sure because I sort of looked at it and I was like, oh no, all this more. And then I got really excited because it's more good games. There is, man. Yeah, I think we're going to go through the preview as well. And all joking aside about Game Pass, but that uh, that game does sound like a perfect Game Pass kind of title. So hopefully, for my sake, that they, they throw it on in that offering at some point. Absolutely, and I think it will. I think many games that we enjoy should and will end up in game pass but uh let's talk about apex a new and new and amazing topic here uh but the real the real thing is that is impressive is that apex legends has now hit 50 million active players yeah man in four weeks in Dude. four weeks and the battle pass is not yet out we don't know what's in it that's insane I feel like that almost speaks to the surprise launch that maybe they weren't really anticipating on, on releasing it at that point, but maybe they were worried about Anthem, they being EA, uh, and then they pushed mm-hmm. this game out. Like, you would, you would think that they would want to strike while the iron is hot. Like, the iron is so damn hot right now. There's so much hotness on the iron. Why can't they, like, <laughs> give us a chance to give them their money uh, or our money other than what we're currently doing? Uh, I put out a poll a number of weeks ago uh, right after the the 25 million player announcement. And um, Mm -hmm. most people thought that they were going to hit 50 million. And for the most part, people thought it was going to be before February 28th, I believe. So we're just a couple days after that. And that's just bonkers, man. Now we enter in in a place where, of course, the comparison to Fortnite's growth and domination is natural. But it's hard to do that without kind of crapping all over Fortnite. It's just like, it's not that Fortnite isn't dominant. It's just... Like, this is just crazy. The speed at which we've reached 50 million players on, on Apex is something like we've never seen before. And I'm really encouraged by it, man. I love Respawn. I love that they're able to celebrate this so soon. And I, I do hope that they're able to kind of capitalize on this newfound success. And, and that's, the, that's the story behind all this. Uh, because I think it can be tough when you're not into a certain game to keep hearing about it over and over again. Yeah, we're but it sorry, is fascinating. Adam. I'm not. I'm not sorry at all, okay. Adam. I gotta be honest with you. I might go get a cookie mid mid conversation <laughs> just because of it. Um, but the truth is, it's it's fascinating when 
50 million players log into a single experience. That is more than Mario uh, sold this gen, more than Breath of the Wild. It's more than Horizon Zero Dawn. It's more than so many others. And they're apples and oranges to an extent. But, oh, combined indeed. You're absolutely right. But it's so cool to think that gamers are sharing this experience in such mass appeal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a lot to study within that it's not always not all for this show and i i can't imagine that we're going to report every week up 55 million 60 million, right 70 million. Next that's not going to happen with yeah. us but but at 100 i mean or 75 maybe that's that's the story that you're getting concurrent experiences amongst uh such a wide variety of players that's cool that's well, fascinating and i think it's something that like hardcore gamers whatever the heck that means but uh the bro play like there's something that there's a game that we can all stand beside like i don't know fortnite was it was ubiquitous with all gamers but this is something like this is in line with what a lot of the types of games that we were playing back in the 360 days like this is the this is the call of duty but next gen with like 60 people i hope that at some point Respawn can take the count up to 100. I hope they have some fun with with the map. And I can't remember what my next point was going to be, so go ahead and take me take me out of here. Oh, oh, this was it. This is the most exciting thing, is that we now have another huge player in the market that hopefully can push for cross-play or, or cross-progression, perhaps. Like, if it was just Fortnite, that's one thing. And, of course, Fortnite is dominant. But if we've got two Fortnites, that's twice as good, right? That's got to be... It's got to be another one, another one of these games that people are enjoying across all consoles, across all platforms, except for the Switch, mm-hmm. um, that can pu- hopefully push for this this new landscape that we're all hoping for. And who knows? I mean, conspiracy theories suggest it, maybe even that's why the Battle Pass. We haven't heard anything about it. It's possible, but I like the idea that another major player is pushing for, for across something because mm. one of my favorite people to play Apex with is Mr. Badbit. And, uh, and you can find our antics streaming. We, we fought last stream. It was quite, it was quite fun. Um, but he is primarily a PlayStation player. If, you know, I could get him to stop complaining about his Xbox. I didn't realize that he was I don't... primarily PlayStation. I didn't know that about him. He's never, yeah. he's never complained about Xbox or made fun of how Xbox players and how they're, how they're good, not good or anything like that. He never says anything like that. No, he doesn't. He's yeah, very mature man. Yeah. Is is, um, but you know the idea that they can play where they want to, and I don't have to worry about it. The only thing I wonder is how we're going to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? I mean, there's there's a number of third you party get options. Xbox Live on PlayStation. <laughs> It'll happen, kiddos. Mm-hmm. PS Five. It's going to happen. Maybe not right away, but it will. Plant my flag in that. You know what else I'm planting my flag in? Tell yeah, me, it's so like, sexual. Yeah, that yeah, that didn't work at mm-hmm. all. Goodness just, gracious. Let's keep going. Oh, inside Xbox is happening March twelfth. You're planting the uh, flag inside Xbox. Okay. Oh, dang. <laughs> anyway, I, I got nothing on that one. All right, so inside Xbox is March 12th, you weirdo. Uh, <laughs> and in it, it's going to have Daisy News One Piece, which is for dorks, I think. Uh, <laughs> there's some Halo Master Chief Collection news, and I don't know what else they're going to tell me. Is it on PC? Is it on Xbox 728. I love Halo and I love Master Chief. Maybe they're putting Reach into it. Who knows? But I do like that we're going to get some Halo Master Chief Collection news. Uh, And then, as is wont to do with the the Xbox mantra and social media now, they dropped some hints at some other things, and I can't decode their emojis. But I am excited that another inside Xbox, some information dumps will be happening on the 12th. I know I like that. It's not for everybody. I I would imagine you're going to catch this news in a spreadsheet. Most likely, yeah, definitely a spreadsheet. That's how I most... (laughs) I want to capture all my gaming news is in a, a actually not even just a spreadsheet. If you could like kind of create a little graphic design around the spreadsheet with X's and check marks, that would be that would be perfect. But you know what, man, I I I, I was actually looking back through um, 
some old episodes and old episode titles of this very show. And, and back when Dave and I used to do it, we, we were very hard on Inside Xbox at the very start. In fact, we titled one of the episodes, Just Cancel Inside Xbox. And I've come a long way since then. I've, I've really enjoyed the journey that they have been on in, in crafting their own message. I hope that they explore some opportunities to make it just a little tighter, but still make it unique and not too Nintendo directy. And the thing mm-hmm. is, I think... Number one, the checkbox that they're checking off for me is I'm getting excited to hear about like there's a new dump of news coming. That's it. That's a lot more than I think people are getting over in PlayStation land and it's what people are loving in in Nintendo land. Formats are going to be different across all things, but it definitely gets me hyped to just know that there's news coming. Please be excited. I agree. I fully agree. And I could not care less about certain Nintendo directs and uh, and, uh, there are others that I get ecstatic for and uh, I like that Inside Xbox is now its own thing, mm-hmm. whatever that means for the. Because I watch it with like usually fifty thousand other people that are live watching it on Mixer and usually more, and we're all into it. And then there's plenty of people who consume it a different way, and and I think that's awesome that it appeals and is capable of being uh, reached by a number of different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, not included in Inside Xbox news are the four games that are being added to Xbox Game Pass starting today and then continuing into next week. Uh, Sean, Just Cause 4, Uh the most recent Just Cause, Just Cause 4, and Xbox 360's Lego Batman 2 are now in Game Pass. And then next week, Fallout 4 and F1 2018 are going to be arriving into Game Pass. This sparked a number of different topics, and I'd like (laughs) to lead into uh, one of our carpool questions that comes from that kid. Oh, bad bit. We we haven't mentioned him today. No. He says, so question for the Xbox Drive. When is it okay to release a game onto Game Pass after its release on retail? I feel like Just Cause and Tomb Raider, uh, and he's talking about Shadow of the Tomb Raider, uh, are uh, too soon for me, a bit too soon for him. It makes it look like Square didn't see the return that they wanted in those games and then threw them on Game Pass as a Hail Mary. Now, Sean, this sparked uh, a number of, a huge thread, uh, none of which I could sum up uh, uh, with with full detail, but John Wall and, and Antonio Guillen and so many people weighed in with their thoughts. Before I tell you their thoughts, um, is this a hail mary by a by a publisher or developer to put a game on Game Pass? Is it a good thing, bad thing? Tell me your reaction when you hear a game that's so recent as Shadow of the Tomb Raider or Just Cause Four hitting Game Pass. This is awesome, dude. I really I really quite like this. As uh, of course I'm in the camp of uh, people who didn't actually spend money on those games, so that that puts me, I think, automatically in the side of why wouldn't this be great? Why, like, this is exactly what we want out of Game Pass is games that are uh, at least relatively new, if not brand new, from the first parties. Like, I think it speaks to a tremendous as to adding value. So for Xbox and, and Team Phil Spencer, this is a huge win. Um, and I think from Square Enix's side, it, it helps them capture maybe some attention that might be remaining or left over from their uh, soft launches of the game better than you know waiting another year for what exactly like I'm not in and I'm not entirely sure um, what the right amount of time is and I don't think anybody can I don't think we're ever going to come to a consensus on like okay so four months is too soon but like when is not too soon is it is it 10 years is it five years is it one year like that will never get there so don't even try in which case if this is a time where there's an opening and it can get excitement and get people playing a game like Just Cause 4, that's all Square Enix wants. So freaking go for it, man. The, the one thing that I'll try to, to try to do here is imagine what it would be like if I paid you know, all that money and now it's free on Game Pass. All I got to say, man, is that this has been a trend in the last 
six to seven months or so, not even mm-hmm. just Game Pass, but games going on crazy sale within the same week. And I actually feel like that's a bigger kick in the nuts when uh, when I paid full price for Fallout 76 and like by the time it was actually launched, there was already <laughs> freaking sales for it being mm-hmm. 25, 35, half price. Like that's mm-hmm. that's worse. At least in this case, you have to go sign up for the subscription. So it's layered, but that's sort of my, that's my, uh, my thoughts in a nutshell. I'm inclined to agree. If you're on the Xbox platform, Game Pass is, is a must. And one of the more interesting things that I, I'm still baffled by is why people are anti-Game Pass. And it's not, it's not I mean, they're a vocal yeah, minority Adam. that is being drowned out. Yeah, it's a very strange <laughs> thing uh, in, in my mind. But the comparisons that, that John Wall were throwing out was that Hitman 2 did hit 50% off less than a month after it was out because it releases around Black Friday. Yeah. Well, don't buy a game at full price two weeks before Black Friday. Right. That's something we all kind of learn. Like, Spider-Man we, should got we be, a Should the thing be like we should be adjusting our behaviors instead of yelling at the clouds? And that's uh, what Antonio Guillen suggested. He said, if you have any suspicion a game is not going to hit, be a hit right away, uh, or you may, it may not be a sure thing for you, mm-hmm. wait. Yep. Just wait a little bit. I mean, uh, some of you were pointing out that you know Spider-Man got a price cut. You know, like just a few months ago, less than six months after it released, Spider Man has a price cut. Mm-hmm. Got aboard uh, it as well. Absolutely, yes, and that is that is fine. I mm-hmm. think it's great. I mean, I I went and saw uh, Avengers: Infinity War, and I paid what twelve bucks to go see it, maybe maybe ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's on Netflix. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's included in my subscription to Netflix. And so uh, I did. I had a review code for just cause four, but I missed out on shadow of the tomb Raider. And now I have the option to go play it with my subscription. I think that's great. If you bought shadow of the tomb Raider, you had three, four months that you could play it before it hit game mm-hmm. pass. And, and that's fine. And now more people are able to enjoy a game that you theoretically enjoyed, or if you hated it, uh, that sucks, but you don't have to ever play it again. And so it goes. This, this is, is, this is a natural a, outcome of the competition in games. We're all talking about there's too many games, there's too many games, there are thousands of games coming out every week, and this is what's happened. I actually don't think that this should be all that surprising, that there's dozens of games coming out on a daily basis. Um, of course they're going to be discounted to such a huge degree. And I think that if we look at the... So you've got a launch date and you've got a launch price of like $60. And then as time goes on, the game gets discounted and so on and so forth. So that game that starts mm-hmm. at 60 becomes 30 becomes 20 becomes on Game Pass. But mm-hmm. I think we're going to get into this when we look at the games that come out later on in March and as uh, the whole Anthem controversy happened. That logic kind of works in reverse as well. So if you want to wait, then you pay less. But if you don't want to wait, in fact, if if you're so anxious to play a game, you'd like to play it early, you're going to pay more than the launch price. So I, I think that it's just a natural like market working here of determining a certain price for people who are willing to pay at a certain time for a particular product. I think it's fascinating like marketing St- kind of analysis. Standard capitalist uh, marketing 101. Early adopters will pay more. Yes. It's true of technology. It's true of gaming. It's true of almost all types of entertainment. Mm-hmm. If you're an early adopter, you're going to pay more. If you want to go meet the sports team, you're going to pay more. Uh, it's just a it's a normal thing if you're going to invest in a piece of entertainment and truly try and support it. You will put down more 
more uh, money for that experience. And, and it's a buyer beware market, but not mm-hmm. an vindictive, it's not a vindictive thing. Um, I think this is great. Just Cause 4 was an absolute blast for me. And I totally get that not a lot of people would have gone out and spent $60 on Just Cause 4, but now you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You can spend less than that by, by a huge uh, amount and get your money's worth. Uh, and there's plenty of other things. Fallout 4, that, that's a game that I know Chelsea absolutely loved. There's how many hours worth of game for that? How many hours worth is that? And so I would recommend anybody look at this as a time investment, whether that's good or bad for you. Look at it from a dollar amount value uh, set and look at it. Are you happy that that thing you liked is getting more support? Those are a number of ways to approach that conundrum. And I think what what really is happening here is people who it, it, I think the complaints almost come from the people who are also refusing to, to jump in on Game Pass. So, again, if you're on Game Pass, you're stoked about this. But if you're not on Game Pass, you're like, what are they doing putting this on Game Pass? Like, just get Game exactly. Pass. <laughs> like, it's just making it harder and harder to ignore this service. I agree. I, I fully agree. And I, you know, I don't want to harp on that idea. It is just odd to me. But mm-hmm. but so it goes. I mean, one of the nice things is we have Game Pass. We've got it. And uh, it'll be here for a while. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the best parts about being an Xbox gamer. Sean, you mentioned March. And in the wake of a very crowded February and some games that will probably end up on Game Pass later or on sale. Who knows? Uh, let's look at these upcoming titles for March. Can I give you a list of what you're going to see this March? And, and go ahead and uh, you just hand me your wallet now. Definitely, dude. I love lists. Actually, I love this because we're entering March. This is March. This is the first week of March, so we're gonna do the Great March preview. Luke, these are the games that. Uh, I, there's obviously more games that are coming out this month, but these are the ones that I think struck our fancy. Indeed, they did. And, and uh, I should note that I didn't dive into the huge amount of ID at Xbox titles right. um, that we're gonna be privy to. Uh, but Devil May Cry uh, Five that is hitting from Capcom on march 8th and it's getting rave reviews right now is now it really? who knows what a review is worth yes it's getting rave reviews based on the the uh search i did prior to our recording now oh. who knows what a review means yeah they're yeah, not they don't count for anything anymore right <laughs> uh, but right gun. now i was very happy to see because because in the wake of resident Evil 2 capcom's finding some some uh some good uh return to form and resident Evil back man yeah yeah there you go that's what i was trying to say yeah, i got you uh the the Lego Marvel Collection from TT Games, that's coming on March 12th. Now, we like that because we we absolutely adore some Marvel. Uh, I'm sorry, some Lego games. Those are fun. Division Dose, that's the second Division game. That's going to be hitting on March 12th as well. Uh, Shadows Die Twice, Sekiro. That's going to be coming on March 22nd. And then Stoked. I threw in there a fun game that involves guns and mechs uh, and surviving in first-person shooting world, Generation Zero. Uh, from Avalanche Studios, they made Just Cause 4. You might have heard of them uh, from you know other discussions. That's March 26. Those are just kind of our, our bigger-ish titles, but another decent, great month of, of big releases. I am stoked. Uh, Sekiro looks amazing. I played uh, another robot game on the on Nintendo Switch, the demo for uh, Damon X Machina, and was very let down. So I'm hoping that Generation Zero kind of scratches that itch, which I hate that saying. Luke, I put something in here um, that I want to... I want to I want to chat to you a little bit about. There's two bullet points, and people can check the show notes. There's two bullet points for the division. The first one you is miss- the Division Two Gold and Ultimate Edition, which releases on March 12th, and then there's uh-huh. the Division Two, which releases on March 15th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we should, mm-hmm. I think, are we supposed to be outraged right now? I'm not sure what the proper response is. Uh, how much? Do we need are, a spreadsheet? Gold and Ultimate? Do they do they cost more? Yes. Are you suggesting that those? 
players will play pay more f- to adopt it early. Perhaps. They're going to be playing it early, and they will be buying a separate SKU. They'll have to look up a separate purchase item on the store, or I don't understand. I, can they buy it at a Best right. Buy early? Is that a thing? Hold on. I want to turn up the snark a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Turn up a little bit. It wasn't loud enough. enough. Yeah, snark wasn't high enough. Um, in this event, is it possible those early adopters are going to find some things wrong with this online live service game? And perhaps that means that they'll experience those things that are wrong a little bit longer, but you know, a week or two, three weeks later, it'll get improved sooner as a result of it? It's possible, but to, to, in all seriousness, maybe, maybe three days is the better number of days instead of yes, a week. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's, is it better? Yeah. It's absolutely better. And don't release it on just one system early. Oh, God. Um, but yes, it has, uh, we're all being, we're being silly. Yeah, but let's, but the, let's be real. Is, like the, three this, days is this, a perfect amount of is time. It? Okay. Yay, access trials a week ahead of uh, a launch, but you only get 10 hours. That's bad move right yeah. there. Ubisoft is indeed doing it right, as you alluded to in our previous episode. Um, so to, to be very serious, yes, I think this is a great plan. I like it. And I think that Division players should know what they're getting with Division. Division is on Game Pass. It's been available for a long time, plenty of reviews and updates. Uh, no one should be surprised by what the gameplay of Division 2 is. Right. And you should enter into it with that mindset. And also to everybody who... who um, you know, is still clinging to that idea that it needs to work day one. Yes, it should in all in a perfect world, but live service games do this, and you cannot get mad at a storm on the horizon. You just bring an umbrella. <laughs> well, I, I definitely hope uh, for for a strong launch. And I got you. I just move <laughs> right along. The one comment I'll just say is that I'm I'm often surprised, and I, that's why I love doing this this show with you and doing uh, video game content in general. Is I am always shocked at the the certain particular set of circumstances that make one release okay and another release not okay. Like I find mm-hmm. that it's actually a bit of like it's a fine line between Golden mm-hmm. Ultimate Editions being offered at a higher price that is three days versus a subscription based model for EA Access, which allows ten hours of unlo- uh, essentially unlimited access to the game as far as you can get within ten hours, seven days ahead, and that being completely outrageous and i'm not trying to suggest which way is like right or wrong all i want to do is just kind of observe and maybe allow people to self-reflect on where they land on this issue and i'd be very curious if you guys want to tweet at the xbox drive where do you land what makes it okay with this one i want to i want people to be very honest with themselves about the ea bias the negative bias and the ubisoft's like ubisoft is is uh position themselves in a very positive space right now and i'm really enjoying ubisoft games and i feel like when i hear about a new ubisoft title not ubisoft um that i that i'm smiling when i think about these games and when i'm thinking about like anthem i'm kind of just like squirming a little bit so that's all i just think it's i think it's interesting that one is super okay and one is the worst thing in the world and we should all be offended and ea is the worst company in the world agreed Agreed. I th- and I want to continue hearing people's thoughts on this Big because time. it's an evolving discussion and arg- an evolving uh, argument. And when done well, I love that argument. I love the discussion. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Sean, something that has consistently come up uh, in private between you and I in our discussions and mm-hmm. then quite publicly in the gaming sphere uh, is rumors. Yeah. And what role rumors play in our industry, how they might affect shareholders and stockholders, how they might affect developers uh, who maybe have their head in the sand and don't hear them or see them, and then others who might jump onto Twitter and, and mention something. And, I mean, we, we're seeing rumors 
very very recently about Game Pass hitting other platforms, about Xbox Live going other places. Uh, a lot of them seem to have validity. A lot of them don't. Windows Central is reporting that uh, it's likely to be an Xbox One X. It's all digital and releasing. And the and you misspelled rumor in our notes, by the way. You put a U in there. Weird. Um, <laughs> With brackets for humor. You're, which is you're also asking. sometimes you. Oh, explain me that joke. All right, hold on. It's the brackets. No. So the bigger the bigger discussion here is yeah. Uh, and you bring it up quite well. What role do rumors or should rumors play kind of in the gaming sphere amongst reviewers, content creators? What is our specific role in dealing with them? When do we take them seriously versus just write it on off? I mean, is Mother 3 coming? Come on, guys. Seriously, I don't know. Uh, I've got a rumor that I want to start before we end the show. So just what, what, what are your thoughts on this as we as we go into it? I think that people, whoever is responsible for starting rumors is getting more and more sophisticated at it. Like there are, uh, there was a rumor that was started something about Smash Brothers last year, like some something to do with the Grinch or something. I had everybody fooled. I feel like we are becoming more gullible. We're actually not learning from dispelled rumors um, at all. And we're becoming more and more gullible. We're believing more and more. And on top of that, the rumors themselves are becoming better um in how they're rolled and out and the fake sources when you, say, when you say we can you articulate to internet, whom are you talking about the internet the internet so people using social media yeah. gamers uh, okay okay yeah. and would you agree that the those who are most bothered or frustrated by a rumor not coming true are these the people that are likely to buy a game not buy a game like in your <laughs> mind do you and, and i'm not trying to That's throw shade question. i'm genuinely yeah. curious like where does that fall i'm not sure There's, man i'm not sure i think it is the people who are just the hungriest for information are quickest to mm-hmm. eat up the next bit whatever it is however unbelievable it might be it's like oh i've been waiting to hear about this thing thank god somebody's mentioning it let me look up every source around it and I wanted to, like, we have had uh, private conversations outside of the podcast uh, as these rumors have come up about Xbox Live. We've specifically steered clear about uh, around them. And instead, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to be a little bit more meta about it and talk about rumors themselves and, like, what happens when we add oxygen to this fire? Like, by speaking to it, we do we create a monster? Like, mm-hmm. Like, does it become out of control by just reporting on it? And usually what happens, at least in my observation, is that it's like a slow news week. So the rumor has a lot of uh, room to grow. And it also means that the people who are creating content are desperate for a thing to talk about. So like, thank God for this rumor, which is mm-hmm. completely baseless. So I just think it's super interesting the the way that expectations get out of hand. And I think they're... Mm-hmm dangerous and i just kind of wanted to bring it up as a content creator and kind of get your thoughts and have people in the community give us their thoughts as well like should we be a little bit more mm, choosy about the stories that we that we share because the outcome is always going to be this thing could become unwieldy without us even realizing it but we should realize it Multiple thoughts enter my mind as we go through this discussion. I think you are absolutely on the money when you note that rumors like this, when they're given room to grow, that they exist in a world where it is a slow news week. And we have uh, quite a few fairly popular uh, daily news, gaming news shows. And so they are are at sometimes starving for content mm-hmm. to fill their time. Uh, and, and other times they just can't get to it because there is so much happening. And so that's a bit of it. Uh, because what, what, Apex Legends leaked a year ago and no one, nobody believed it or heard I it. Know, that uh, and, you know, that's... <laughs> 
that's amusing. And but then other times, like, how hard is it to guess there's a new Call of Duty? Come on. Yeah. And so there is a responsibility amongst content creators. Uh, I often d- discuss with you and with uh, Mr. Babbitt uh, when we're streaming and whatnot. It's our responsibility to not be inflammatory and say that this is bad or this is the worst or this is trash. Like I, I'm coming off a, a rough month where I've absolutely had a blast with crackdown three i love that game uh it is not trash by any means is it a nine is it a ten is it an eight probably not by any by any means either yeah but to call something trash is inflammatory versus saying yeah it, it's got plenty of problems but there's fun to be had mm-hmm. or this game's not at all for me and i don't like this or that and being objective and so there's a responsibility in being uh precise with your language that comes with with that as a competent creator mm-hmm. and similarly uh Sometimes a rumor will become news because it's so widely reported. Uh, crossplay is a good example of this. Crossplay was a rumor at one point that became a very real and relevant issue. Uh, Xbox Game Pass or Xbox Live hitting uh, xCloud or other devices, including the Nintendo Switch, that to me strikes as very relevant. Yeah. But reporting on on the idea that, you know... Uh, Mario is going to be on Xbox next week. Commandant, you know, that's ridiculous. Or, or so, the scalebound thing. Like, we didn't really, we chose, we we briefly talked about the fact that we weren't really going to talk about it, that that scalebound mm-hmm. is going to be saved by Nintendo. Like, that's a rumor. None of these rumors, like, there's been a ton this month. None of them have really mm-hmm. come to fruition. And for us, we've specifically kind of steered clear. Um mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, man, I just don't, I don't know what exactly I, I want to do with it. I guess it's just a part and parcel of like the democratization of content creation. Like we are not, we are not journalists. We didn't go through no. like ethics training or anything like that about being responsible in the messages that we're delivering. We're just like, this sounds cool. Let's talk about it. But because of the platform and because of the number of people that listen and share, those things mm-hmm. become a little bit, like I said, kind of unwieldy. And and what I want to steer this conversation to very quickly is how, what does that do to developers and for the people who are either going to be releasing the thing that is tr- the rumor that becomes true and they've had the wind taken out of their sails a little bit or the rumor is really misleading and misguiding and sets expectations inappropriately so that maybe we think the next Xbox is coming like this year, it's going to be $200 and it's going to have 14,000 teraflops. And Mm -hmm. that's not reality. So I kind of wanted to get your sense from there. Like, what challenges that pose to game makers and people who might be actually releasing the news and they have a very specific plan for that? The challenge is is less for developers because the reality is they should not fight the message. They should go with it. We've seen many, Mm. many good and many bad examples of PR uh, of late and, and you know just throughout this entire generation as social media has become embedded into our, our gaming world I mean we have a share button on the PlayStation we have a share button on our Xbox That's, those exist sort of um, so <laughs> there's a developer aspect like sometimes you cannot fight the tidal wave you need to write, write it Yeah. and I think we're seeing that start to happen more and more as content cre- I mean PlayStation um, kind of missed that, did that with rage, didn't they? They absolutely did, and, and Xbox and Nintendo are playing real well on social media. That's what you should do when you ride the wave and you and you start figuring it out, realizing that that there is a relevancy there. But hmm. if you are a developer and your stuff gets leaked, lean into it. It would be my suggestion, and don't fight it. Don't hunker your head down and pretend la 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 la, because then the message that you try to get will be old news and unexciting. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if you are a, con- a game creator, a game maker, you need to know that no Smash player is going to be satisfied. 
you need to know that every player that has played Halo 1 is going to find frustration in Halo 6. Yeah. You know, every that that is that is the reality. And, and similarly, and and I I bring up Anthem on purpose. If you're making Anthem, you should darn well better know that people are going to be looking for all the problems that were in Destiny or Warframe and how Destiny and Warframe and anyone else that did something similar handled yeah. it. And if you're not prepared to answer those questions, then you have failed. Um at public relations or, or outfacing or preparing to release a product and you need to own it. There are reasons why things do and don't work and you have to recognize why. And if you're upfront with a community that's, that's as volatile and so ravenous to, to dogpile on something, mm-hmm. being upfront tends to dispel that very, very quickly versus fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. I obviously totally agree. And I think that that represents like an evolved way of tackling PR but I have to think about like taking that to the extreme. So let's imagine a world where in a world where um, everybody's on that level, everybody is ready in case like word gets out, we're ready to jump on this social media wave, or we're gonna we're gonna tell you the the truth because the rumor is out, and we might as well jump on it. Um, doesn't it seem maybe like a little bit like negotiating with terrorists a little bit? Just like what if like the rumor comes out, uh, it's based on nothing, but it just so happens that they that they're right. And then you just like, is it every time? Like I just, then like, so then the, the planned release of information is just kind of taken out of the wind, taken out completely. And then I feel like it actually encourages more rumors to be created just so that people might land on the real thing and, and bait the, the PR companies to come out with it um, prematurely in all cases. So it's, I don't know what the right answer is. The analogy of terrorism is appropriate in the sense that what ha- what happens with that is a smaller entity discovers they have a- an amount of power and they mm-hmm. try to command a much larger entity with real power to do something. Yep. Uh, and it's it's on on companies or governments to set a precedent. The standard modus operandi from the major players uh, within a certain window of time is we do not comment on right. rumors and speculation. And that is a wise uh, that is a wise thing until you start seeing uh, a number of what look to be leakers within an organization. And at that point, I would hope that any major company that has hired a PR firm has stipulated that, hey, if at this point in this window, what is your plan if this gets out? What is your plan if that gets out? Mm-hmm. Um, because you need to be prepared to publicly face and also prepared to internally uh, regulate your flow of information. Yeah. You know, Assassin's Creed's gonna leak when you have five, ten studios working on it. Yeah. You know, Treasure or Stacks Watch not. Dogs, apparently. <laughs> yeah, perhaps so. And so, th- I think there needs to be, a, as you said, an evolved approach to it, and recognize that few things work perfectly. Apex Legends was leaked a year in advance, but it, it worked out just fine for them. They're an outlier. You know. Yeah. There's gotta be there's gotta be a responsibility on the part of the user as much as it is the creator, and yep. we are users in that in that realm. Totally. High five. Good good chat, man. Yeah, man. You spelled rumor wrong. I really want to go back to that. <laughs> can fix it before people see it. <laughs> You're Canadian weirdo, I tell you what. I'll, oh, I'll sneak um, in color maybe or something. I know we had a break mid-episode. I think we're approaching our 40-minute marker just over it. Um, I want to start one rumor real quick and then put something in your ear about Halo 6. Do I have time to do that? Yeah, let's. I definitely want to talk about Halo 6 for sure. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you about the rumor. Slash infinite. First Nintendo game that hits Xbox, it better be ARMS. Because if that's not oh the biggest God. troll move, I don't know what's happening. Let's oh get it started, God. people. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. <I'm, laughs> 
Responsibility of content creators. Yeah, Ours exactly. is coming. Ours is definitely on <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> what a travesty of a game. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Can I tell you my Halo 6 idea? I can't wait. Okay. Here's what I would like to see in Halo 6. Mm-hmm. Six hour single player narrative uh, that, ex- that, that exists that you can take on missions from a hub uh, a la Destiny, but there is a there is a single player narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Got that? And in this narrative, you can play you can play it single player, but justify it multiplayer wise. In that you are in Master Chief's team, you don't play as Master Chief, That's but cool. you are in his team. Mm-hmm. But the, here's why: the bi- people want to hear his personality, see his personality, and if he's giving you orders or narrating or uh, giving you feedback, talking to you the entire time, you're on a Master Chief journey. I think that'd be super cool. So if you're on his team, and then you can justify having multiplayer or not, because one of the, the gripes I have with games that work well single player is when they just let you have multiplayer for no reason. That seems odd. And then the the glory and the, the beauty of this new Halo Infinite world could be that uh, you have a number of different side quest side stories in which you can play your own character. Uh, if you don't get to play as Master Chief in that single player, you can play as your own character where you customize your own armor set. You're a Spartan uh, 6 instead of a Spartan 5, so you can justify that. And you can be whatever one you want. You customize what you look like, who you are, and you have single single and multiplayer narratives within it. But you have tons of smaller stories because that's the glory of, I think, uh, a big expansive universe is when you get to play out those smaller stories stories when you're in those hubs and you hear those stories maybe you get to play some of those out but That's why what can't I would you love be master chief for that to happen you could totally be master chief if you wanted to it depends on how they build it but in that single player main six hour chunk yeah you could be master chief or you're with him but then you've got a number of other stories that explore other aspects of the halo universe maybe you're hanging out with commander palmer maybe you do something with buck maybe you're over there with um Johnson, or or you are introduced to a new character. There are a number of novels, because I'm a dork and I read all those. There are a number of side <laughs> teams. There's a cool team called Ferret Team. They operate like CIA... Ferret um, Team? Like that, that weird animal, Ferret like the rodent? Team. Exactly. They get in behind enemy an lines and they and they, they infiltrate different uh, organizations. They're yeah. dope. Like you could play out different and cool things. Uh, you could be very rogue, like you could be very... Uh, you know, like brutish and combative, but you could create your own narrative that goes along with it. Uh, that that would be for me super cool. I hope I explained that well. I think I just got so excited I stopped. <laughs> but like, imagine a, imagine a four hour mini story where you go fight at, against Atriox, or you get a, a three hour story where you go and you help the Arbiter, and then a six seven hour story where you go with Chief or you are Chief and you go and solve the Halo Five problem. Um, whatever Cortana crazy. You know what there. that sounds like? To like me? It doesn't sound like Halo Six though. It sounds like like maybe like an ODST thing or some or Reach or something. But it's also, I mean, it would have to be on Game Pass. Like that's the thing that no, kind of just makes this okay. You, you nailed it, Sean. It's Halo Infinite, not Halo Six. It's Halo Infinite, uh, and they can throw in a new no, set of one. story. No. Destiny style. <laughs> Destiny style. You just get I right, here, you want a new here's a new ODST for you, Forsaken, or whatever the heck, and you get a new four or five hour chunk, but then a number of other multiplayer experiences within it. Why do you think I wanna I wanna spin this towards like the Star Wars thing as well? Like why do you think um it is so difficult to explore these universes in a from an alternate angle? Like Solo did really bad. Um people are maybe torn on on uh what the, what was the other one? Rogue Story, Rogue One. Um, 
It was actually pretty good, other than Force Whitaker, in but, my opinion. Oh, that's e- that, that's easy. Um, same problem you have with Last Jedi. Once you get a universe in which you care about the what happens to the protagonist, you want to see it happen your way. And when things don't happen your way, and you have an echo chamber to yell it into, it tends to be far worse. People flipped out when Halo Reach was announced, and you're like, "Whoa, wait, it's not a Master Chief story." Yo, Reach was dope. Reach yeah. was so cool. ODST, so cool. Those were, were really neat experiences. Halo Wars was that was all the rage for a time. But once people got an idea of what that was the right thing, they took ownership of that franchise. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Um, but that ownership can have bad or, or frustrating outcomes. And again, Star Wars is a great example of that. Um, I don't know if this s- is I don't know if this is in line with what you were what you're saying with this game, but the thing that I would really like to see from from Halo is for it to move away, not from Master Chief. I think you need to be Master Chief 100% throughout whatever the next game is, but I want it to move away from the linearity a little bit. I think I would want to see like I don't want to necessarily say like open world, but I love the freedom of Destiny. I love being able to just like go wander around and having things just like occur because I'm in this world that just there's conflict always and i feel like that's what that's the the environment within halo and they can take uh they can stay, take storytelling to the next level from that perspective but they've i in my opinion they've got to uh, get away from being on rails in the storytelling i want there to be I emerging you, gameplay in halo i think you just articulated what i want and that's what i think what i was trying to get at perhaps is that you have these different sub stories the way you do in a destiny but the world can be very lived in that's what i like about anthem is i can't see my character's face so it could be me under there it could be another character in my mind that i love and like but but things happen in the world mm-hmm. and characters have their own stories outside of the main story whether it's a main story or not and that's what i think what i want with with halo or any other big grand epic adventure is that the world exists despite me and in spite of me and i i want that and so i think you articulated another aspect that i want out of my vision with it and i feel like i just rushed it i could have probably done a better job if i'd slowed down but yeah i just I, that's what, what i want is people to enjoy it ultimately. yeah well i don't i guess i just don't uh, I'm, I'm tired of halo kind of feeling like an arcade game like mm-hmm. where it's like essentially the same every time and i played halo 5 uh, through the campaign a number of times. I was one of the few people who absolutely adored the gameplay. I didn't care what the story was necessarily. It wasn't until like I was 90% of the way through that game where I was like, oh, those commercials were way wrong. <laughs> like, I didn't care, man. It didn't even occur to me that I was being misled or whatever else you want to say about the uh, marketing for that game. Um, but I'm still stuck on every time I play through that, it feels the same. I'm always moving from one area to the next, to the next, to the next. And even though the gameplay itself, like the gunplay is awesome and the graphics are incredible. Um, I want it to, I want something more. I feel like, like it's called combat evolved for a reason. It, it pushed the boundaries originally and I need three, four, three to like show us what the next level is. And I feel like infinite is referring to that. I feel like that's kind of just like there. It's going beyond what you know um, to the nth degree. So I'm I'm so excited, man! I can't wait to hear more about Halo Infinite and whatever the heck. Are, do you think we're done with numbers? Are we done? With no, these? I don't think you're. No, when there's another drop off or something doesn't work out right, they'll break out a number. Yeah. Um, but I'm right with you. I I think they're poised to do quite well with it. I think there's a number of good things that can come from it. And ultimately, I think, and this goes back to the marketing aspect, provided you with any game. You don't mislead your fans mm-hmm. with either 
great commercials that don't match your story or misleading information prior to launch uh, for a title that that is meant to be something that that they're not getting. As long as you're honest about your marketing to to a, a strong point, I think you'll be just fine. And I hope that they've learned that lesson. Um, Anthem is teaching us that lesson. Hopefully, Division doesn't teach us that lesson uh, in a negative way. And we'll see. We'll see. But we've I've ranted enough about this. And if anybody's interested, I can give you advice on books or any other Halo lore that I know about. Um, Sean Capri, do you have anything else for us this week? I think we need to start a book club. We need to start a, a sister podcast with a book club featuring Luke Lore. And you guide us through all the all your favorite nerd books and all that other stuff. But other than that, man, I'm this is, I've had these last couple of weeks have been an absolute joy, my friend. Uh, yo, I this is my favorite part of any week, and and in truth, when I'm healthy, I love doing it. Um, and so it's been a good time, man. And uh, for my and and closing show plug, I want to thank Garrett Bland. Did you see what Garrett Bland oh. did for us? Uh, did he do something with Stellar- Stellaris? St- Stellaris? Stellaris, yeah. So I, I took this a code in. I contacted developer a while back. I was like, hey, I'm interested in Stellaris. And I really was. Um, and it's a 4X game. And I, I was just in over my head. It was so complex, <laughs> but very well done. But I thought it was going to be more Halo Wars. And instead, it was uh, the most complex building of a civilization and, and sending them around uh, a galaxy. And it was wonderfully complex but also above me and i i reached out to garrett and i said garrett i would like to send you a copy of this game courtesy of the xbox drive will you tell us what you think and he put a review uh onto twitter for us i know we retweeted it and i think we're going to find another way to continue sharing that with you guys but do check out garrett bland's twitter page uh at bland 725 on twitter he also streams on twitch tv uh, slash bland explosion, but he did a review of Stellaris for us and is taking a look at that for us. And if you want to do a review review for us, just reach out to us. We've got plenty of stuff that we don't have time for, and we would love for you to to have a go and, and, and tell us your thoughts on the game and let everybody know the Xbox Drive was was there for you. Definitely, and uh, and if you're ever stuck, just go see what like another reviewer said about it and just copy it, just Philip Muse in it if you like. Uh, oh, but geez. but in all seriousness, oh, in all seriousness, shout out to to Garrett Bland. Uh, he's also organized a multiplayer game of Wargroove that you and I are involved mm-hmm. in, and it is so much fun. It's asynchronous. We're playing whenever we get a chance to to take our turn. It is so awesome, mm-hmm. dude. I'm having an absolute blast with that. I'm glad we got around to that. So thank you to Garrett. It really is fun. I just wish Alex Van Aken was not take trying to get turn. me to cheat against you. Oh, that too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he keeps talking about your mom, Sean. You should know that he's at the bottom right of the map. Um, and he's definitely not in green. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it, everybody, for me. Sean Capri, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Sean Capri on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm committed, man. Tuesdays and Thursdays, twitch.tv slash Sean Capri playing Kingdom Hearts this week, playing Resident Evil the week after that, uh, and then probably The Division. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri. Did I already say Sean like Connery Capri like the pants or just think it? Who knows, man? Say it again. Check the Where tape. is it? Sean yeah. Lee Connery, feel like the pants. Uh, Luke, where can we find you, my friend? Uh, check me out on Twitter at MLS Reserves. That's got a hub. I do moments uh, each month of just gaming highlights for my month. And then I do little mini reviews that I kind of pin to my profile each week. I need to find a way to hub that all together because I love doing those. Um, it's fun because Anthem nobody seemed to care about and Treasure Stacks people seem to love. And it's really neat to, to watch what people are interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love it. Please give me feedback on all of that. That's what, that's what I like. Twi- nice. Twitter.com slash MLS Reserves. La- right before we go, I just want to apologize to anybody. We switched where we are hosting the show, so if it caused you some confusion, we apologize, but that should just be a one-time thing. We now 100% own and control where the show lives, so it is, uh, it's going to be better. So, Luke, 
I love you, man. I love you, dude. Aw. Thank you.